Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is brought to you by Green and Black's Velvet Edition, a delicious range of sumptuously smooth dark chocolate. You're listening to the Irish Times Women's Podcast. I'm Roisin Ingle. On today's episode... When Vera Toomey's daughter Ava was diagnosed with Dravet syndrome, a rare form of epilepsy that causes multiple seizures a day, the family's life was thrown into chaos. Where they hoped to find treatment and support in the medical system, they found only frustration. The only medication that would have any effect on Ava's condition is a form of medicinal cannabis that was unavailable in Ireland. Faced with an intransigent system and political establishment, Vera's campaign eventually culminated in her decision to walk from Cork to Leinster House in Dublin in protest to ask Health Minister Simon Harris for help in person. Vera's memoir, For Ava, tells the story of the campaign and the family's move to the Netherlands in order to legally access the medication that would save her life. She spoke to Cathy Sheridan about it. So Ava is 10 now, Vera, but tell us about how it, how it began. Ava's 10 years old, thanks be to God. She's doing, she's doing very well. Ava's difficulties didn't begin until she was about four months old. She had her first seizure. Um, it was very long. It was over 40 minutes. And uh, she was obviously rushed to hospital where um, I, believe that, I believe that the consultant knew from the word go, I really do, that... Uh, this was a more uh, complicated form of epilepsy Um, and the tests were sent away more or less immediately and after a number of weeks we came back with the diagnosis of Dravet syndrome which is a it's a rare um, genetic form of epilepsy which is extremely difficult to treat and so we began you know working with our consultants to find some medication that would be able to control Ava's seizures. And over the course of the, of the years, really, we went through all of the medications, the pharmaceutical medications, and unfortunately, in our case, they weren't successful in treating Ava's seizures. OK, Vera, just so people know, because this jumped out at me, when, this, when, the, when the neurologist was, was, was describing the condition to you, the words intractable incurable, drug resistance, life expectancy of three years, mm-hmm. um, which is must have been devastating for you. Oh, it, 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 I really, I, I really can't, I really can't put into words what it's like to sit across a table from another person and to be told those things. I wouldn't wish it on anybody. I, it was a shocking experience. You know, Cathy, I felt very protective of my daughter. I didn't want this to be the case. I didn't, I didn't want to see a, a, a dark and painful future for her dealing with seizures. And, and I thought, well, this is the prognosis, but I'm going to do everything that I can to help her to, you know, make life as good as I can 
for her. And uh, Now, Vera, just so people know as well what this entailed, we're not talking about two seizures a month or six a year. I mean, at one point in the book, at the end of September 2016, Ava was six years old. I think you said she had 23 seizures in 36 hours. You know, before the CBD and THC was introduced, her seizures at, at varying points were out of control. And, you know, this is the experience that many parents go through. It's, it is a harrowing experience to be in a hospital and the doctors, the nurses, everybody is there doing the very best that they can. But the seizures just aren't stopping and they keep coming. And that's what was happening. And you see, the risk is absolutely enormous. Any one of those seizures could, be, could, could, could take her life, could stop her heart. It was vivid, absolutely vivid on these occasions. Vera, it's unimaginable. You became very well known to the McCroom ambulance crew. They were absolutely wonderful. They were such a caring bunch and they still are such a caring bunch um, from McCroom that there was always one comfort for us and that was that when we rang the ambulance that if the ambulance was coming from McCroom they were only 15 minutes away or less and that they knew where to turn in at the end of the lane. They knew where yes. our house was. They knew who Eva was. They knew her history. And like that if they were coming from McCroom, it would be there in the quickest time. Mm. Um, of course, the other ambulance crews were wonderful as well. But because of where we are located, we're in quite a rural location. To have the ambulance coming from McCroom was of great benefit to us because the, the, sooner, the sooner the paramedics arrived, the sooner you had some assistance, yes. you know, more so than you could provide yourself for her and the sooner she'd be in hospital. And Vera, just so we have a context, how often was this happening, these emergency admissions? and, and I, would, I would say, Cathy, every week. I haven't got a diary of when the ambulance called, but I mean, we were being admitted to hospital every week or 10 days or every fortnight. So, you know, I mean... A significant number of times a month, the ambulance would be out to the house. And Vera, in the meantime, all these drugs were being tried on little Ava. Describe them and describe the side effects of them. We went through numerous pharmaceutical medications. I think it's important to point out I'm not, I'm not opposed to the treatment of seizures with pharmaceutical medications if they're working and if the patient's quality of life isn't hindered by the side effects. But in our case, unfortunately, as you correctly described, Dreves, it's drug resistance. So we're in a slightly different category that it's just the pharmaceutical drugs weren't as effective with Ava's seizures. But the side effects of some of the medications are very serious. There are some of the medications that cause peripheral blindness. Some of the medications would, in Ava's case, one of the medications that she was on, she constantly had to wear a bib, even though she was, you know, an older child, because she was constantly drooling from her mouth. And we would have to change the bib regularly because the bib would be soaking wet. And you couldn't have that, you know, going into her chest. She'd get a chest infection. There are other frightening side effects um, of some of the barbiturates like uh, suicidal ideations, which I find dreadfully upsetting. You know, yeah. that, you know, when, when we began, 
we we took the medications in good faith that were given to us by the consultants. And indeed, the consultants are doing the very best that they can do as well. But it's terrifying to me to think that you could be giving a small little baby a medication that one of the side effects are suicidal ideation, yeah. you know, because how how would you ever know, you know, how that affected that child, you know, that baby at that time? I, I, I find that very distressing. Now, some of the pharmaceutical medications worked for a time and then the seizures began to break back through. Some other of the pharmaceutical medications didn't work at all. But over the course of the time, we went through them all. We came to an end of our options with the pharmaceutical medications and we were told that we should take Ava home and make her comfortable. In other words, Vera, they were saying palliative care. There was nothing more they could do. I believe, yes, I believe that's what they were saying because I asked them directly, was that what they were saying to me? And I do have sympathy for the people you know, I do have sympathy for the doctors that are, you know, trying to to talk to parents in situations like this. They found that very difficult, I think. So, Vera, in the meantime, you were you were constantly, well, as much time as you could have, you were constantly on on the 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 um, the internet. Mm-hmm. You were doing your own research into something that was extraordinarily rare. Um, and what were you finding? Well, you see, I suppose that's exactly it. There was no group for Dravet syndrome patients specifically in the country. And although Epilepsy Ireland are a great organisation, we kind of didn't fit in anywhere. I've spoken to other parents about this as well that, you know, have felt the same, that the amount of seizures that we were experiencing were significantly higher than other patients. So what we did was we looked to England first and found Dravet's Syndrome UK. They had their website, they had their Facebook page, you know, you were able to correspond with other parents, how they were getting on, how they were getting on with the medications, what was working, you know, and learning all the time. There were some American parents in that group. We, I was looking beyond the UK then to America and it was then that I started to see about medical cannabis. Now Vera, you're not the kind of person who smokes rollies behind the bike shed. No. So what were you thinking when you saw this? I was very surprised. I was thinking that this is not something that I had been aware of before. I didn't know anything about cannabis. I knew that people smoked cannabis recreationally, but I didn't understand that there was such a thing as cannabis oil. So my level of knowledge at this point was nil. I think I approached medical cannabis at the beginning very conservatively because I didn't know anybody personally who had used medical cannabis. Over the course of the time, I began to see that these were mums and dads that were just like us. They were just, just regular people that seemed to be going through the same struggle that the medications had failed. There then came, came to my attention um, Charlotte Figgy, who had Dravet syndrome as well. And her mother, Paige Figgy, had organised with the Stanley Brothers to make an oil for for Charlotte. And her success was phenomenal. This was in the States now? This was in the States. So my confidence in medical cannabis began to grow. And in time, I became aware of the doctors in different parts of the world who had done the studies and who had done the research and 
realised that there was quite a lot of study done surrounding medical cannabis. And it was, I think, I read Professor Michael Barnes's report on medical cannabis. That was one of the first documents that, that I had read about medical cannabis and, it's, and, and, and that it was a balanced, it was a balanced review. I, I wanted something to show the pros and cons and, you know, is it safe? What, what are the side effects? We had, we had experienced side effects with the pharmaceutical medication, so therefore you would want to know, are there, are there side effects with the medical cannabis? Fortunately, the side effects of medical cannabis are only positive in our experience. Well, um, now, just just reel back a bit there, there, because you started you, you, you started giving a little drop under Ava's tongue after that after that terrible, um, terrible uh, series of seizures in 2016. Is that correct, Vera? There was a senior consultant in Dublin that I'd spoken to and he had said to me on the phone, if it was his child, he would have them on CBD oil. Oh, and. I thought, that's very, very interesting, you know? Yes. Then I met Joel Stanley from the Stanley Brothers and his empathy, his knowledge, his compassion, his whole demeanour kind of gave me confidence. Now, they're they're manufacturers of CBD oil. They're manufacturers of CBD oil. So I met the actual manufacturers of the oil myself. Um, And at the time... I needed to do that. I was lucky to have met them, but it, I, had, I had a medical doctor, a professional, telling me, yes, CBD, I, I would use it. But Vera, what fascinates me about this is that after this series of seizures in September 2016, you treated Ava yourself. You put the little drop under her tongue. Am I right about that? Yes, yeah. With, and you, you had no medical, you had, you had no medical supervisor to say try one drop or three drops or do it at this time or do it in that way. You went according to what you were hearing from from the suppliers and from other parents. Maybe we 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 took direction based on Ava's weight. Right. This is very important because I do not want to be perceived as somebody who bought a bottle and, like, willy-nilly administered an yes. oil to my child. That's not the yes. kind of person that I am. We carefully, we contacted the Realm of Caring, which is the organisation to support families who are using the Charlotte's Web. We took direction from, the, from their, their experience of the oil being used for other patients in America. We had the help of Mark and Jim McDonnell above in the hemp store as well, who were in constant contact with the Stanley brothers. I did not have a paediatric neurologist prescribing Charlotte's yeah, Web. Because it wasn't possible anyway at that, that point. It wasn't possible. No. Um, the Charlotte's Web is, would be categorised as a food supplement. And Vera, so you, 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 you put the, little, little, the little, little drop onto her tongue and the results were dramatic. Her treatment began with the CBD alone at the end of September and the, 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 the three full months, October, November, December, her seizures reduced by over 90%. We actually couldn't believe what was happening. It was almost that we were afraid to speak to each other 
about the fact that the seizures had stopped for fear that they would return again. Yes. Do, do, do you know what I mean? I do. You thought it might be temporary or that there was a bit of a fluke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the, the initial introduction of the CBD alone was, was, was dramatic. And I think once we had started and seen wow. ourselves the extraordinary change in Ava, our confidence went to another level. I had always been afraid that I was pursuing, you know, something that wouldn't be successful. You know, we had tried so many of other course. alternatives. Yes. But the evidence was clear that the child seizures had come under control. And we saw that for the October, November and December. But after about four months or so, the, the seizures began to recur again more frequently. But we felt then... And particularly after reading Mike Barnes's report and, and, you know, you're learning all the time. We, we, we realised that we needed the THC. We, we had to access the THC. So the THC is, 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 is an oil. It's, it's, the, it's the psychoactive component of marijuana. I, I, read, all I, this, I read all this in your book, Vera. I, I prefer if you called it cannabis. I, OK. Yeah, I, and actually, I'd be more, even more specific. I'd prefer if you called it medical cannabis. I... I think there is a negative connotation surrounding marijuana. Yes. That I would, I would rather that it's very, very clear that it's medical cannabis that my daughter is using. It is a medicine. You yes, know? yes. Um, CBD is a cannabinoid. So the cannabis plant contains over 100 different cannabinoids. So CBD is a cannabinoid. And THC is a cannabinoid as well. CBD has no psychoactive properties. THC in higher percentages has psychoactive properties. But in terms of medical cannabis, that is not relevant to us because we are using THC at a 2% level. There is no danger of getting high or anything like that when Ava is administered her medication because CBD works very well on its own. But when you introduce THC, which, you know, is a different oil, but it is part of the cannabis plant, these two cannabinoids work together. And when you take CBD oil with THC oil, CBD actually neutralizes to a great degree any psychoactivity within the THC component. Right. So there it's actually healing. It's more it's the, the oils are more they're they work more effectively together to heal whatever you're whatever you're treating as as a pair more more so than if they're being used individually. But you're now into different territory, Vera. Um, You're into completely different yes. territory. So, with, yes. yes. Because THC isn't legal. Green and Black's Velvet Edition range introduces a variety of signature flavours in a smooth, velvety finish made with the finest ingredients and ethically sourced cocoa. Choose Green and Black's chocolate and escape the ordinary. This is actually where your courage and, and public persona really kicked in. 
Is it? Tell okay. us. I, I think so. I mean, I, I, I think so. But you tell me what, how you saw that period in your life. I saw that period in my life very plainly altogether. My child had been extremely sick. We were facing her possible death at one point. We had found a legal, not prescribed, but a legal oil that had effectively brought her seizures under control. And now, as, it, as its effect was beginning to diminish, the next step was the next oil, which was the THC that was working for other families in other countries, for other people. I wanted it prescribed. I would have been so much happier if the CBD had been prescribed initially as well. Yes. But I couldn't achieve that. I did not want to be going via the black market to access THC for my daughter. I love my daughter. I, I wanted there to be consistency of, a, of the product. I wanted to be guaranteed that Ava's medication was produced in a clean environment that there were trained pharmacists creating the oil that I was administering to my child. And so therefore, we could have been more private. We could have gone via the black market. But the thing is, I felt that the consistency was crucial. Yes. Now, Vera, where else in the world did you, were you looking to other places in the world where you thought this was possible, where you could get this, the two oils prescribed for specifically for Ava? Well, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be very honest with you. We never wanted to leave the country. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I thought when Simon Harris became Minister for Health that we were the luckiest people alive. I thought, he's Fine Gael, he's a young man, you know, he's, he's a new department. I'll show him what I need, we'll get help. But the thing was, Cathy, we didn't get the help. So... As the time went on, we realised we still need to help Ava. We're not getting the help from the government to access it here at home. So therefore, we have to look outside Ireland and try and find somewhere else to go to. And initially, we went to the Calapa Clinic in Barcelona. At this stage, I felt that Ava was entitled to this medicine. This was working. I wasn't doing anything wrong. I, I, I love my little girl and I was doing the very best that I could do for her. So I decided I contacted the Calapa Clinic. Um, we went, we were prescribed the THC and I brought it back to Ireland. But I wasn't willing to come in and hide the fact of what I was doing because I could have, I could have said, you know, brought it in and, and said nothing. But, but How's that going to work into the future? I don't want the additional strain of having to go secretly somewhere to get my daughter's medication. I just want a prescription, you know? Yes. yes. I just want a prescription. I want to collect my medication. I want to come, I want to pick it up. I want to come back to my home, put it into the cupboard and have it there when she needs it. So when we went to Barcelona, that's, that's what I felt. And that was why I disclosed publicly that we had brought it back and they seized it from me. 
I, I received criticism for the fact that I disclosed publicly that I was bringing it back. But I felt it was the right thing to do because it wasn't just going to be that day that Ava needed her medication. It was going to be the following month, the following year, yes. and so on and so on. So when they took it from us, we had to do something else. So that was why we went to Holland. And we researched the hospitals, we contacted the consultants, and we had to pack up our car and leave. And it's regulated as a medicine in Holland. It is. So you got it, you, you, is it was this before or after the walk, Vera, which, which you're so well known for? The walk came before we left for Holland, yes. Yes. Um, I suppose the time, the time of the walk, we, we were... We were, the, the communication had broken down absolutely with um, Simon and the department. Yes. And So you were desperate at that stage. It was really desperation. It, it, re, it really was. And then you went to Holland and she was on this. And what, was there further dramatic improvement at that point, Vera? One of the days that Ava was singing, she sang a little bit of Galway Girl. <laughs> My daughter starts to sing. Yes. And uh, I was in a different country, away from my family, with this beautiful little girl who should be surrounded by everybody that loves her. And the cannabis was working and the child was singing. And I just, I just thought, why does it have to be so hard? Why does it have to be like this? She was singing. Her balance had improved so much that she was actually dancing with the with the other lads as well. And yet, we knew we were doing the right thing. We we knew that it was working, and they wouldn't let us home. So so you couldn't come home because you couldn't take the medicine with you. We couldn't come home without the license because we would yeah. be breaking the law to come back into Ireland with the with the with the, the medical GHC. So how long did that last, Vera? Six months. You were six months in Holland? Yeah. And then how did the licence come about in the end? What happened? They wanted a number of months of clinical evidence to show that Ava had improved. When we got the consultant over in Holland after our first meeting and the, the prescribing of the medication, the analysis of Ava's progress began. We had regular appointments with the consultant, the usual EEGs, you know, blood tests, so, so forth, how she was getting on, how the dose was affecting her. It was wonderful because we had, we had proper supervision yes. of, her, of, of her medication. Yes. But the Department of Health wanted three months of evidence to show that it was working. So we didn't get the consultant immediately when we got over to Holland. So we were there for a little time before we got the consultant on board. After the three-month period, there was a further delay about processing the licence. But eventually, um, the licence came about uh, kind of at the beginning of December time, the beginning to the middle of December. And it's due to the constant effort of Gino Kenny. Yes. That never let us go 
the whole time from the very first that we met him, he really did and really is continuing to do his very best to help people like us and, and indeed many other people. And I also feel that there should be a mention given to Michal Martin. Yes. Because I had been in contact with Michal and over the course of the journey, we we became, you know, we, we got we got kind of got to know each other. And uh, he was very sympathetic to, to Ava's situation. Yes. And I think that around that time, he was, you know, the confidence and supply agreement with Fine Gael. So he intervened, I think, more than probably he's given credit for yes. on Ava's behalf. And, and therefore, that's why it was Michal that actually contacted me to tell me that we had the licence. Yes, I noticed that in the book. Yeah. And Vera, what difference does the licence make now? That, the licence didn't just mean that stuff appeared on the pharmacy shelves. So what happens? Well, well, you see, the, the, the licence is required to come back to Ireland with your THC medication. If you are a, if you're a Dutch citizen, if you're, if, you're living, if you're living in the Netherlands and your consultant prescribes CBD and THC, because it's classified as a medicine, it's just the very same as going into your doctor and being prescribed any other type of medication. The, the CBD and THC oil is produced in a clean environment, in a farm, in a in a lab, attached to a pharmacy in Den Haag, so the the medication is actually on the shelves. Yes, it, it is there. It's 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 there because it's prescribed to many many people. But not in Ireland. But and not in Ireland. Because no. because the difference the license made to you, Vera, was what? It just allowed you to buy it in Holland and bring it home. It, yeah, it allowed it allowed us to, to to use THC legally. Yes, but it means Vera that your husband Paul, bless him, is is still making trips back and forth. Every twelve weeks, we go to Den Haag to collect Dave's medication. The government have not made any arrangements for the twenty twenty four individual patients who have been granted individual licences for medical cannabis to have their medication um, brought into Ireland. Now, this has been arranged in England and Northern Ireland for patients over there. There is a distribution company that travels over to collect the medication, brings it back to the United Kingdom and, and dispenses it to the patients in England, Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. But our our government have chosen not to help us in that aspect. Now, Vera, one of my last questions I'd be glad to hear. Um, There's been this much publicised legislation allowing people access to medicinal cannabis on a limited basis. And the Minister, Simon Harris, said the programme would allow compassionate access to cannabis for for medical reasons. Is that making a difference to you? Absolutely none. And I will tell you, Cathy, that as we're speaking here at the end of August, it's not making a difference to anybody else either because there are no products presently attached to the Compassionate Access Programme. They have not completed secondary legislation um, for the programme to be up and running. They haven't completed the legislation so that products can be attached to it 
to allow um, consultants to prescribe anything. So nothing has changed for anybody in Ireland as a result of that announcement. And also the, the existing patients who have been granted individual licences for Bedrocan, they have not been absorbed into this compassionate access programme. So the people who are presently having to travel every, every three months over to get their medication in the Netherlands, this compassionate access programme has made no difference to, um, to our futures whatsoever. Okay. Well, Vera, during this interview, we've heard your four-year-old <laughs> skipping around the room by That's the sounds right. of it and your dog's barking. <laughs> and, and where is Ava as we speak? Ava is, Ava is inside and she is, she's working on a jigsaw there at the moment. And my, my mum my is here with me and my, my other friend is here as well, keeping an eye because obviously I knew you were going to be calling. <laughs> so um, I always make arrangements to be able to have, have a chat and, and, and so forth. So, um, well, you have a great mother and, and uh, by the sounds of things, I, I, I've read a lot about her in the book and your dogs sound great and healthy <laughs> and the rest of your children. And Vera, can I just say congratulations on the book? That means an awful lot because I wrote the book myself. Well, it's certainly, it's a harrowing read, um, Vera, but well done. It can't have been easy to be drawing up all those memories again. Vera, thank you so much and the very best of luck to all of you. And that's it for today. Thanks very much to our guest, Vera Toomey, and a reminder that her book is called For Ava. Remember, you can subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Acast and all good podcast apps. If you want to get in touch, we're on Twitter and Facebook at IT Women's Podcast or you can email us on thewomenspodcast at irishtimes.com. The Women's Podcast is produced by me, Roisin Ingle, and by Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Until next time, thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 